A search committee for ECU's next chancellor continues today. Members of the ECU Chancellor Search Committee will meet this afternoon to get input on who the next chancellor should be. It's the first of a number of meetings scheduled for this month. Tempers and spiked seltzer go flying at last night's Celtics game at Boston's TD Garden. Kibble Walker was ejected after a non-call, and so was a fan for throwing a drink out onto the court. WBC's James Rojas was WBC's James Rojas was there. Kimball Walker was ejected in the third quarter after getting two technical fouls for arguing with refs over a non-call. He was knocked down by an opposing San Antonio player. A man soon after tossed a can of hard seltzer over the Spurs bench and onto the court. They were eventually identified and arrested. Dave, he's a fan and says that's something you just don't do. I do that. You, you make them Boston look bad. You making the Celtics look bad. You making the whole city look bad. A memorial is proposed to honor the victims of the UNC Charlotte shooting last April. Hometown hero Riley Howell gave his life to save others. A gunman opened fire in Howell's classroom last October 30th. Howell, who's 21 and a Waynesville native and ROTC cadet, died tackling the shooter. The governor of California wants the state to get into the prescription drug business. California's governor wants to use the state's massive population as leverage, as buying power. He's proposing going directly to the companies that actually make many generics and contracting with them to make generics just for California. There will be manufacturers willing to work with California to do this. Dr. Gerard Anderson, Professor at Johns Hopkins, with the state's population, California would likely become a drug maker's largest customer. Customer diabetics, just one example of people who would save big on insulin. Craig Figner for CBS News, Los Angeles. Mike Riley, NCN News. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Lines are open. Three great guests still to come. In 60 minutes, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon, is going to drop by. In 90 minutes, Mark Richt, former Georgia and Miami head football coach, now with the ACC Network, will be with us to talk college football. In about 10 minutes, Jeff Capel of Pitt is going to drop by. His Panthers just beat the Tar Heels at the Smith Center last night. And his brother, Jason Capel, former UNC star, is now on his Pitt staff. Jeff Capel gets a similar feeling emotionally when he visits Duke on January 28th. Last year, in his first year at Pitt, remember, Duke visited Pitt. So this will be Jeff Capel's first visit to Cameron ever representing any other school in his whole life, his coaching life. Jeff Capel of Pitt joins us live in about 10 minutes. Tom Dundon and Mark Rick later. Your calls now. Don in Winston-Salem has an interesting point to make on college basketball. Our NFL question of the day, if you want in on that, if you had to pick an NFL lock of the weekend, what would it be and why? The most votes are for the Ravens over the Titans, and I agree with the pick. I'm just afraid of making that a lock for reasons I described. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, gobbling clock, and all that stuff. The Texans are at the Chiefs on Sunday afternoon. I like Kansas City to win that game. Deshaun Watson had a Superman-like effort in the regular season. And when I said the Chiefs were my lock, a lot of people reminded me that the Texans went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs this year. I do recall that. I also recall that it was a hobbled version of Patrick Mahomes 
that day in Kansas City as Houston beat the Chiefs. I recall as well that it was a close game, 31-24, where the Texans needed a late score to win it. The Chiefs' defense is better than it was then. Patrick Mahomes is a lot better than he was as the hobbled-by-an-ankle-injury version of himself. Houston has been gashed by opposing quarterbacks this season. And I know J.J. Watt coming back unexpectedly early from that injury has helped the Texans. I like the Texans story. I find J.J. Watt easy to root for. I have found Deshaun Watson easy to root for since his Clemson Tigers days. I think of the four matchups. Again, I think the Ravens are the best team, and I think they'll beat Tennessee. But of the four matchups, the only lopsided one I see is Deshaun Watson would have to be Superman. To, for the Texans to beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. I just don't think it's going to happen. Not with that version of Mahomes, not with Andy Reid and those guys playing for him, knowing that guy's got everything on his resume except a Super Bowl championship. He's not going to lose at home to a Houston Texans team that I don't think looks anything like the Niners, the Ravens, the Chiefs, or the ever other heavyweights of this year's NFL postseason. College Hoops question of the day. What did you learn or relearn about the college basketball team you like or hate the most last night? A lot of love for the Wolfpack and the Blue Devils today. Some, not hate, but uncomfortable conversations surrounding especially the Tar Heels after they lost at home to Pitt. Don in Winston-Salem, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Uh, DG, uh, I'm an old guy, and I look at things kind of in the long, in the long view. And I think there's only one game that Carolina plays uh, this year that it really makes any difference. Interesting. And that's the one coming up against Clemson. Ooh, preserving the for, preserving the forever streak. Yeah, I mean Clemson has never won in 60 years, whatever it is, yeah. in Chapel Hill. And if Carolina can get that win, that will be a, a Big, big plus uh, for this bunch of bunch of players. Tell me how you see it, but I'll put it this way. Let's just leave Cole Anthony off to the side. I do think the Tar Heels, even without Cole Anthony, are better than Clemson. I don't think the Tar Heels without Cole Anthony are better than a lot of ACC opponents. I just don't. They are the least gifted team Roy Williams has ever had. They're one of the least gifted teams I've ever seen in Chapel Hill, and I've been covering them since 1987. I do think they're better than Clemson, though. Will they feel the burden of history this weekend as Clemson comes to town? Nobody wants to be the first team ever to lose in Chapel Hill to the Clemson basketball Tigers. I wonder if those guys will start to feel it in a way that complicates, you know, what otherwise might be a closer-to-routine victory. I hope I hope that it'll make them come out and play smart, play together, and play hard. And tell me this, Don: you don't you don't believe the the Tar Heels can be much of anything even after Cole Anthony comes back later this month? I don't think they're going to get in the tournament myself. But what do I know? Well, I I feel that way sometimes myself. What do I know? I do think the Tar Heels are an NCAA tournament caliber team with Cole Anthony again. He changes everything on defense with his intensity and his quickness and his steals. He changes everything on offense. Why? Not just because he's great. He lets everybody else go back to their job description. Brandon Robinson is not capable of being asked to just produce buckets against Pitt last night. He was asked, and he couldn't do it very often. It's not his fault. It's not really a skill set. When you're playing, when shooters like Playtech or Brandon Robinson or others are playing off of a dynamic point guard. They're more comfortable. They're more used to it. Now, here's one twist, though. 
every ACC basketball team gets one week-long stretch where they have no games. Now, that can fall a lot of different places on the calendar, right? As if Roy Williams needed another Murphy's Law bad break. Do you know when the Tar Heels' week-long stretch with no games? Roy Williams and his mentor, Dean Smith, will tell you, when they get into their mad scientist laboratory and they have those players for a week straight with no games to worry about, that's when they believe they, as Hall of Fame coaches, can do some of their best work. If you could just pick a week for this Carolina team to have a week with Roy Williams in practice, mad scientist, no games to worry about, wouldn't you pick a week after Cole Anthony comes back from his injury and then old Roy can put his Hall of Fame brain on it all and with Cole Anthony they have that practice time together? Guess when the Tar Heels' only week-long break is after the Clemson game. And Cole Anthony might not be back till the end of January. So I'll t- I'm telling you this, with, without Cole Anthony, Roy Williams could practice for a year straight, and they're not getting much out of this group of Tar Heels. If Cole Anthony was healthy enough to practice, at the same time Carolina gets its, there's only one again, every regular season conference play, there's only one week, and it varies school by school. It is from this coming Saturday when they play Clemson. They don't play again until the following Saturday when they visit the Pitt Panthers who beat them last night. <laughs> That's a Unless Cole Anthony is ready to come back, and again, they said four to six weeks in mid-December, right? No, nobody was going to ask Roy Williams that question last night, given the mood after the loss to Pitt. But that's part of the dynamic here as well. And one more thing to consider as we go to Jeff Capel on the other side. His brother Jason wore that Tar Heel uniform and was even a star at times for the Tar Heels. Did, Jace, did Jeff Capel sense anything different about Jason Capel, now a Pitt assistant coach, Preparing for the Tar Heels, he had the scout compared to any other random opponent. And what about Jeff Capel's trip later this month to his own alma mater? Last year in his first year with the Panthers, it was Duke visiting Pitt. Jeff Capel later this month visits Duke as the enemy for the first time in his entire life. We'll talk brothers, we'll talk family, we'll talk basketball with the head coach of the Pitt Panthers, formerly of the Duke Blue Devils, Jeff Capel, next on the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. (laughs) Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. NCN Sports, I'm Josh and Zach. Last night, a busy night for college hoops across North Carolina, especially the ACC. Pittsburgh ended a 22-game losing streak in conference road games as they beat Carolina in Chapel Hill 73-65. The loss drops the heels to 8-7 and seven overall and 1-3 and in conference play. And last night's defeat comes just days after Roy Williams said this year's team is the least gifted he's ever had. He was asked about making the comment. Roy was a bit, to use his own words, stunned that the national media latched onto that quote and ran with it like wildfire. That was telling the truth. We've had teams in the past that I've said before that were really more gifted. So I stand by that. I'm stunned by how it gets so much attention. But you know what? Frankly, my dear, I don't read that BS. And we've lost a lot of games. We've won a couple, too. But that's the most, to me, 
to me, to Roy Williams. That's the most ridiculous thing to get have any attention. You know, that's like me wearing lucky socks or something. Good God Almighty. Number two, Duke extended its decade-long domination of Georgia Tech. Trey Jones hit two baskets down the stretch, and the Blue Devils held off the Yellow Jackets 73-64. Markel Johnson scored 27, and DJ Funderburk added 16 for NC State as the Wolfpack rallied from 12 down in the second half to edge Notre Dame 73-68. Number 10, Florida State pulled away to beat Wake Forest 78-68. Brandon, Brandon Childress had 20 points to lead the Deeks, who were without Shawnee Brown. Matt Rule was officially introduced as the new head coach of the Panthers yesterday afternoon. He arrived from Baylor. He arrives in Charlotte from Baylor where he led the Bears to a Sugar Bowl this season. He says he can't wait to get started in Charlotte. I'm so excited to be a part of this team. I'm, I'm walking in, I just saw Steve Smith, and I'm sitting there saying to myself, my goodness, the people that have come before me, the greatness. I met Julius Peppers earlier, like Julius Peppers. One of Rule's first major decisions will be at quarterback. He said he's already spoken to Cam Newton, but he's not ready to discuss personnel matters. This is NCN Sports. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. <laughs> Remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in, like, forever. I get it, you're retired. But I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to Goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, what? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. 
So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. There were more than the usual competitive instincts in play last night as Jeff Capel, Pitt basketball coach, our guest here in just seconds, and his brother Jason Capel, a former UNC star, went into the Smith Center and beat the Tar Heels. Remember, Jeff Capel, former Duke star, will bring his Pitt Panthers into Cameron to take on the Blue Devils later this month. Coach Capel, that's a lot going on beyond basketball, man. Did you see anything different in your brother Jason as you guys were preparing for the Tar Heels rather than any of the dozens of others on your schedule? <laughs> well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, I didn't see anything different. I mean, he's, you know, really good at what he does. My brother is. And it was obviously his scout. Um you know, he knows their stuff, so every call that they make, especially the defenses, you know, he knows them. And uh, so we were maybe a little bit more prepared as far as, you know, play calls and, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, he had us ready. And, you know, our staff did a great job, but most importantly, our guys did a great job of, of, of executing the game plan and, and going out and attacking and being tough and together. Final score, 73-67, Panthers over Tar Heels. Pitt improves to 11-4. and Remember, this is year two for Coach Capel at Pitt. He inherited a very difficult situation. It was a losing record last year. It is NCAA tournament contention, at least so far this year, at 11-4. and These Tar Heels, or I should say UNC, beat you at Pitt last year by about 25 points, if I remember correctly. This is probably a little off your radar, but Roy Williams called this year's team his least gifted. What did you see in terms of the contrast between the Tar Heels who beat you by 25 a year ago on your home court and the Tar Heels you beat this year on their home court? Yeah, well, you know, it it is a very different team. Um, Last year's team had, you know, such a great mix of, of, uh, really talented, experienced, older guys, um, along with a couple of dynamic freshmen. And, uh, you know, I, I think the main thing is, is obviously if, if Cole Anthony's there, it's a completely different team. Coach Williams' system and the way they play, I, I think, is predicated uh, by the point guard. And any team, I don't care who it is, any team that loses your point guard, there's going to be a significant drop. And Cole Anthony's loss for them, in, you know, for however long he's going to be out, that's a very, very significant loss. And it's not a knock on anyone else in their program. But, you know, when you expect to have that, especially with the way that Coach Williams plays, you know, it's a big loss. You know, I still think they have, you know, some good players, you know, that have experience. It's just, it's different when you're in the different role. Like when you're a, you know, you can be a secondary guy and be very, very good at that role and be a a really good complimentary player. But then, you know, when you go into the main role, you know, it's, it's very different. The expectation is very different. 
And the one thing that I, you know, like I feel for those kids there, you know, I went through this as a player when I was a sophomore at Duke, is sometimes you can start to feel the weight of the program because you feel like you're letting everyone down. And there are only a few programs, I think, that, that have that. And certainly North Carolina is one of them. Um, you know, I think they have good talent still, but it is different. Yeah. It, 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 it is different from the talent that they've had. And, you know, so when Coach Williams said that, you know, he, he, was, he wasn't telling a lie. And it's no right. disrespect to their guys. Uh, because they're still good players. I mean, Baycott's and McDonald's All-American. They have other three, four-star guys. Um, it's just I, I, I just think the loss of Cole is so significant because of the importance of the point guard in their system. We're talking with Jeff Capel III, of course, his late father, a great coach in his own right, his brother Jason, on his staff with the Pitt Panthers. Our guest, Jeff Capel III, led VCU and Oklahoma to great heights a longtime assistant, of course, to Mike Krzyzewski at Duke before taking the pit job before last season. Coach, you have always been candid and blunt, not only in, you know, decades worth of conversations with us, but every media session I've ever seen you on. Uh, But I also know that guys in your walk of life cannot give 100% of the truth at all times. Like, if I was your freshman (laughs) player and I was struggling, you would not go in front of the press and say, DG can't figure it out. He's lost in practice. He can't hit the ocean from the beach. Like, you're not going to say that out loud because, you know, you don't want to kill my confidence beyond whatever it's already frayed, right? Uh, I I know you don't want to dive into Roy Williams' business when he talks about his least gifted team, but can you just share generally, you know, how do you try to balance being blunt and candid and honest with the media? And you're like universally celebrated by every media member I've ever met for your candor and your friendliness, et cetera. Uh, But that, you know, you don't tell grandma her cookies are bad at Christmas, right? Like you can't always tell the truth. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've always tried to do is, is to have a, a good relationship with, with most people, Uh, not everybody, with most people (laughs) and the people that want to have a good relationship. And I've always felt like that a relationship is based on trust and honesty. A good relationship is based on trust and honesty. There are times, um, and I've actually said this to some of the media people here in Pittsburgh that I've gotten to know, I understand you asking questions. Like I do. I, I, I understand you have to ask certain questions. Yeah. And you know that I'm always going to be honest and things like that. But you have to understand at times there's sometimes things that I can't answer. Right. And there's sometimes things that I'm going to choose not to answer. And I ask that you respect that also. One of the greatest lessons I learned from Coach K when I went back there and I worked there for the seven years, and it completely changed um, you know, a little bit with, with how I thought. I was the head coach for nine years prior to that. But Coach's big thing when I was there during the seven years is that you never call a player out publicly. Like, you just don't do that. Yeah. You know, he didn't want to really punish publicly. There were a lot of things that happened there when coach would punish, but no one would know because his thing is that he didn't want, because of the stature of the program, he didn't want guys to be labeled. And so there was a lot of stuff, mainly everything that was kept in-house and done in-house. And his thing was that, you know, you never, you know, 
call individuals out publicly. Like you just don't do that. You keep that stuff in house. We win together, we lose together. And so I've kind of adopted that now, you know, as a head coach this time around because of my experience, you know, and learning from him. And so, you know, look, each coach is different. Each coach is different. And one of the things that I've learned over this period that I've been in coaching is that you have to be true to you. And you can't try to be like someone else or someone else. Coach Williams is a Hall of Fame coach. He's one of the best that's ever done it in this business. And he still is. I shouldn't say one of the – like he still is one of the best, you know, that, that, that does it. And he has earned the right, in my opinion, to speak how he wants to speak. Um, you know, about his team, about his program. I think he's earned the right to do that. And so I don't think there's anything wrong about what he said. I also don't think there's anything wrong if a coach chooses not to do it that way. Pit coach Jeff Capel is joining us on the David Glenn Show. I swear I would pay for Coach Capel to teach a seminar. I'm 33 years into this business. If he could just send that one message to all coaches about understanding our job and that one message to all media about understanding the coach's job, I swear the world yeah. would be just such a better place. I expect such things from you, Coach. I appreciate you breaking that I down for us. That. Uh, I know how you're wired enough to understand that you are not thinking about a trip to Duke on January 28th. I am curious uh, that when you get your schedule, maybe the day you took the pit job, you knew you were going to have a road trip to Duke your second year with the Panthers. I forget how far in advance you know those things. But can you share, even though your players are not allowed to think that far ahead, I'm not sure when we talk to you again, what is different about you walking into Cameron while representing the Pitt Panthers, even though you did, of course, go head-to-head with Coach K up at Pitt last year? Yeah, you know, it, it's diff- I mean, it will be different. And it, you know, it will be different. I've, I have never been to Cameron as a visiting anything. Uh-huh. You know, I've, I've, I've been there when I was in high school being recruited, you know, as a fan. Right. I committed there, you know, as a junior. So really from 1992 on, every time I stepped foot in Cameron, you know, I was a part of the Duke program. I was there to either represent Duke as a player, represent Duke as a, as a coach, um, and also represent Duke as a fan and cheer for Duke. And so, you know, it, it, it will be very different. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this. This is weird. I was thinking about this recently. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever been in the visiting locker room. <laughs> at Duke. Um, I think maybe once. I think one year my brother, when he played at Carolina, I went to a Duke Carolina game there, and I think I went to go see him afterwards. But so that was probably you know two thousand. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, and, and 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 so everything will be different. I mean, there'll be a lot of familiar faces, a lot of people that I really care about, and I know that really care about me. And so there will be some emotion there. Once the ball tips, then it's it's competition. Uh, but when you, you know, I'm pretty sure when I initially walk out there and and you know walk to the make that walk from the locker room and past the Duke bench and look up and see familiar faces, I'm pretty sure it'll be a little bit weird. Jeff Capel with us last night, Panthers 73, Tar Heels 65 at the Smith Center. I'm curious, would your guys have known? that Pitt had never won a basketball game at UNC 
or is that sort of just like trivia for fans and media and game notes and stuff like that? You know, I'm not sure our guys would know. I mean, our, our guys are really young, and like most young people, they think about what's in front of them right, right. now, and, and that's if they're not just thinking about themselves. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I, I I don't think they knew that. I You know, maybe they did. I don't know. It's certainly not something that we talked about. Right. We just talked about the mission, the task that was at hand, and what it was going to take to do it. You know, I know that, you know, people will look and think that Carolina's down, and it's a different North Carolina, but it's still North Carolina. There's still a lot of tradition. There's still a lot of pride. The young men that wear that jersey represent it with great pride, and they're playing their butts off. And certainly, trust me, I know because I've been in their shoes once before as a player, um, you know, these times can be tough, and this is the time really – that the fans and everyone should rally around them a little bit more because they need it. And, uh, you know, we went in there and, you know, we got down and we took, you know, I thought a great shot from them and we gradually chipped away. That's what we talked about at halftime. And we just kept plugging and kept plugging. And, you know, for us, it was a huge win. It was our first, it was the program's first road win since 2017. Um, we were coming off of a very emotional few days because we felt like we we weren't worthy of winning against Wake Forest last Saturday, and and we lost the game that we felt like that you know we had a chance to win, and you know I really got after my guys, so I was proud the way we responded, and even prouder with the way we responded by facing adversity by being down 14 points. Last thing for you, Coach, and follow Jeff Capel on Twitter, at Jeff Capel, the Pitt Panthers leader joining us, 11-4 and now as they head into the bulk of ACC play. I do 1 through 15 power rankings for The Athletic and uh, ACCSports.com, and I'm telling you, man, I can't figure this stuff out because after Duke and Florida State and Louisville, and then thanks to their defense, maybe UVA, I had, like, the Wolfpack at number five last week, and Clemson at number 15. And, of course, the Wolfpack goes to Clemson and loses to the Tigers. I had, I think, the Tar Heels at 6 and Georgia Tech at 14. And, of course, the Yellow Jackets go to Chapel Hill and beat the Tar Heels. I can't figure it out, man. I, this is a league yeah. that has averaged eight NCAA tournament bids over the last four seasons. And yet, after the first three or four, I, I wouldn't call anybody a lock, but I wouldn't tell anybody they're crazy either if they thought yep. that they could build themselves into that uh, upper middle of the pack. How do you see that bigger picture? Well, I think it's wide open. And, you know, for me, it's exciting, um, you know, just because, you know, of opportunity. I mean, you, you talk about that. I mean, BC beat Virginia yeah. without maybe two of their better players, Derek Thornton and Popovich. Um, you know, they, they go and, you know, they beat Virginia up in, up in Chestnut Hill. And so, you know, I think it's wide open. I, I think, uh, you know, I think everyone has an opportunity. I think, you know, if you look at the league last year, I thought you had three elite teams that had completely separated themselves. You know, we, we have, I think, three elite teams this year. I don't know if they're like the teams were last yeah, year. Yeah. But you know what, DG, I, I don't think college basketball is like right. I don't think. I don't, I'm not sure there's a great team. I think they're really good teams, but I'm not sure there's a great team. And I think that makes it very exciting because it gives opportunities, you know, for everyone else and, you know, for everyone, really. And, uh, you know, so we just want to keep plugging, man. You know, we feel like we have an opportunity, you know, to, to, to win every time we play, but we have to do the things that are required 
in order to win, and we have to be worthy of winning. And one of the things we're trying to learn in our program, trying to teach, is that winning is hard, and it's showing up every day, being disciplined, and doing the things that are required. And we're learning how to do that. I thought, you know, last night's game was a huge step for us. Now it's can we maintain that? Can we understand it and have the discipline to do it every day? You're a lot of fun, man. I always appreciate you taking our calls. Congratulations on the win last night, and thanks, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show. Happy New Year to you, your family, and your team. All right, man. Happy New Year. Appreciate you. Right back at you. Jeff Capel on Twitter, at Jeff Capel, the second-year head coach of the Pitt Panthers. Remember that he inherited a Pitt team that prior to his arrival under Kevin Stallings had gone, what was it then, 0-18 in ACC play. Now they play a 20-game conference schedule this year for the first time. In 2018, the Pitt Panthers were 8-24, 0-18 in conference play. His first year, they made the baby steps, right? But you need time to recruit. You need time to build. 14-19 and 19 in year one under Jeff Capel III. He, by the, way, by the way, recently signed a contract extension all the way through like 2027. So Pitt, even though they were a losing team last year, understands the bigger picture and extended his contract. They announced that, I think, just yesterday. Will he be an NCAA tournament team this year? We'll see. But a nice win in Chapel Hill last night, 73-65. Trey McGowans is a really good guard. Xavier Johnson is a good player. Uh, Ryan Murphy, the transfer, not as much last night, but overall is a good player. You know what it was last night? The Heels had the much better front court. Armando Baycott and Garrison Brooks were fine last night. Actually pretty darn good last night. The Panthers not only had the better backcourt, they dominated. It was Carolina's frontcourt. Garrison Brooks, 21 points and 10 rebounds. Armando Baycott, 15 points and 9 rebounds. They killed the Panthers in the post. The Panthers killed the Tar Heels on the perimeter thanks to those guards. And, of course, the Tar Heels just don't have a guard that makes anybody shake with the defensive scouting report. It's... It's until Cole Anthony returns, there's no obvious answer for Roy Williams in Chapel Hill. And remember, Clemson comes to town this weekend. The Tigers have never beaten the Tar Heels in men's basketball in Chapel Hill. That streak has to be considered in jeopardy now that the Tar Heels have just lost back-to-back to Georgia Tech and Pitt teams that certainly are not in the ACC's upper tier. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon is going to join us at the top of our number three. Mark Richt, former Miami and Georgia head football coach, now with the ACC Network, will drop by midway through our number three. On the other side, more of your phone calls, NFL, college basketball, reminder of the question of the day. If you had to pick an NFL lock of the weekend, which game would it be? Which team would it be? And I mean, against the spread, just straight up. Your life depends on getting one game right this Saturday or Sunday. More of my thoughts on that question of the day with more of your phone calls. Duke wins last night in college hoops. NC State has a tough, gritty, come-from-behind win over Notre Dame. Pitt takes out Carolina. Florida State beats Wake Forest on the Deacons' home court. You can chime in with questions or comments. 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. The head devil David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique ability to to just do it right. All the fans 
are always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody in another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody. The David Glenn Show. Join the Carolina Hurricanes to celebrate Whalers Night on Saturday, January 11th at 7 p.m. as they honor their heritage with a clash against the L.A. Kings. The Canes will throw it back on the ice in their legendary green sweaters. For all of your Whalers Night details, visit hurricanes.com slash promotions and don't miss a busy January at PNC Arena. For the full schedule and to get your tickets, visit hurricanes.com slash tickets 2020 another big year for north carolina politics republicans and democrats battling for the state's electoral votes competing for the governor's mansion control of the general assembly the top job in the state supreme court carolina journal covers all the action available each month as a free newspaper every day online at carolinajournal.com Carolina Journal, your best source for government news that affects you. Visit carolinajournal.com today. At AT AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com slash access now to learn more. SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com slash internet dash usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply. Who is the North Carolina High School Athletic Association? We are over 200,000 student athletes. We are dedicated educators, coaches, and mentors. We're your neighbors and friends that put on the striped shirts and officiate the games you love every week. We are 419 member high schools from small towns and big cities, anywhere from Murphy to Manteo. We are making a difference and building leaders of communities for the next generation. Who are we? We are high school. We are the NCHSAA. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. The Carolina Hurricanes owner, Tom Dundon, drops by in less than 30 minutes. 38-year-old Justin Williams, last last year's captain, and of course the three-time Stanley Cup champion, including in 06 with the Canes, officially signed yesterday. We'll be back out there in a Canes uniform soon. Seven-game homestand, more good than bad. Tomorrow night and Saturday night, the Canes complete that homestand against Arizona and then the L.A. Kings. We're sending many of you to those games. Tom Dundon live in about 25 minutes. All-interview team leader Jeff Capel of Pitt in the books. Darren, you've been with me for five years now. This is year five. If you listed the 10 best interviews we have, among those who drop by only once, a president, a governor, John Grisham, noted author, actor, actress, Brooklyn Decker, coach, athlete, or otherwise, Jeff Capel's on the all-interview team, no? Yeah, I, and I don't know that that's even if we restrict it to the, the top 10 because, you know, we've got some one-off visits that have been pretty cool True. just in True. stature, might, 
leap over regular him. But guests. as a regular, regular guest, guests, one of the top three to five. I'm with you. He, he is a lot of fun no matter where you steer the conversation. Some guests, the host's job is more difficult. Some guests, you just feel like you wind up the guy, and he's going to be thoughtful. He's going to be compelling. He's going to be engaged. He's going to be filled with insight and a lot of fun as well. So thanks to Jeff Capel, as always, for dropping by. As we go to Jeff in Wilmington, David in Dunn, John in Winston-Salem, and others, we have a couple questions of the day floating for you as NFL fans. If you had to pick an NFL lock of the weekend, what would it be? Mine is the Chiefs over the Texans. I do think the Ravens will beat the Titans I do think the Niners will beat the Vikings to me Seahawks Packers is like a coin flip which team just one team straight up don't worry about the point spread for our purposes one lock of the weekend which team is it and why I gave you my Chiefs and why it has as much to do with the Texans and their limitations as it does Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes healthy and the Chiefs being on their home field and just having more weapons all over the place. Yes, I know the Texans beat the Chiefs in Kansas City during the regular season. That was a long time ago. Good matchups await us. Great games last weekend. I expect more in most cases this weekend. You can answer the question of the day as an NFL fan or tackle the college basketball question of the day. What did you learn or relearn about the college hoops team you love the most or hate the most last night. Good news for Duke and NC State. Bad news for Carolina. Disappointment for Wake Forest, but the Deeks lost to Florida State. That's to be expected. FSU not loaded, but number 10 in the national rankings. Certainly more players, more athletes, more depth than the Demon Deacons, especially with Wake missing one of their star guards, Sean D. Brown, yesterday. Bigger disappointment for the Tar Heels of Roy Williams. They fall to 8-7 and seven overall, 1-3 and three in the ACC. I gave you my two cents on what's wrong and what has a chance to get better and what's not likely to get better. You can jump in on the Duke or State good news, the Carolina bad news, or steer us elsewhere in college hoops. What did you learn or relearn about the team you like or hate the most last night? 1-800-849-2761. Jeff is in Wilmington and next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, Jeff, what's going on? Hey, DG. How you doing today? Doing great, man. Good to have you with us from the coast. What's on your mind? Uh, quick question. I know the two transfers that came in, Pierce and Keeling, but they, uh, the schools that they went to, they were a pretty good scores, correct? Agree, correct. This okay. is this, this what is happened. Th- Has the basket changed or the <laughs> basketball size changed since they got here? Or? You want to hear some crazy numbers, Jeff, because you can't understand this debacle of a UNC season without understanding several things. Number one, Roy Williams lost his five best players from last year's team. I think most people see that. Number two, the whole AFAM scandal cloud hovered over UNC recruiting. Roy Williams has said this in his own words, in a way that caused him to sign fewer of the prep All-Americans than he usually does and has throughout his careers at Kansas and at Carolina. And then it's a little further down the list maybe, but Christian Keeling last year at Charleston Southern University Averaged about 19 points and seven rebounds per game. Shot almost 40% from three-point land. Had more assists than turnovers. Had 40-plus steals. I mean, 19 points per game. I know that's a mid-major conference that Charleston Southern plays in. but And you wouldn't just say, oh, he averaged 19 and seven there, so he's going to – I'm not saying that. 
but you'd expect Christian Keeling to be more than he's fallen out of the rotation entirely, and he hasn't even looked like you know an adequate ACC player. He is a far, far, far below average ACC player, at least to this point. And that's a guy who's, remember, a grad transfer, so it's not youth, it's not inexperience. It, of course, the ACC offers more length, more athletes on defense to deal with, etc. And a lot of star players will tell you that when they go from having the ball in their hands all the time at Charleston Southern, if you're a 19 points per game guy, if you're a seven rebound per game guy, if you're an almost 40% from three-point land guy, you're going to have the ball a lot. To go from the guy to a guy is a pretty big transition for a lot of people. I mean, you just can't – the next time you miss a three-pointer at Charleston Southern, guess what? His coach was saying, take it again the next time down court. At Carolina, if you miss one or two three-pointers and you're not supposed to be the guy taking the most shots, it can be a different vibe. And then, of course, your, your confidence is either spiraling in a good direction or in a bad direction. And Christian Keeling got off on the wrong foot, and it's been spiraling downward since then, and now he's barely playing. Justin Pierce was a 15-point and 9-rebound-a-game guy at William & Mary. He, was, uh, he, he wasn't a great three-point shooter, but he was a pretty good for a bigger guy, like assist turnover guy. And 15-9 and nine in the ACC makes you an all-ACC player. Now, again, you don't expect 15-9 and nine at William & Mary to become 15-9 at Carolina. I am not saying that. But those two guys were very good players in their leagues. And we live in a world, remember, it's one thing if all mid-major transfers became mediocre to bad once they tried to jump to the ACC. If history told us that, I'd be hitting you with that research left and right. Keep in mind, the best player for the Wolfpack, not last night, that was Markel Johnson, but for the season, C.J. Bryce, you know where he started his college career? UNC Wilmington. That transition went well from a mid-major league to, to the ACC. Do you know who Syracuse's best player is right now? Elijah Hughes. Do you know where he started his college career? ECU of the American Athletic Conference. That's a jump up in weight class. Didn't bother Elijah Hughes. I mean, it took him a little while. He's an all-ACC player now, but those are just two examples. There are others. A handful of teams in this league have among their best players transfers from mid-major leagues. In both the Justin Pierce case and even more extremely the Christian Keeling case, they have gotten way less production than they expected from those two guys. And they weren't supposed to be stars again, but they were supposed to be reliable role players. On some nights, senior forward Justin Pierce is a high-energy guy who helps you here and there. Christian Keeling hasn't done anything yet and maybe won't in this grad transfer senior season. Uh, And that's just, you know, one more rock to throw on the pile of boulders of what has gone wrong for the Tar Heels. It starts with Cole Anthony's injury. It continues with recruiting, and I know some roll their eyes. Oh, Roy Williams doesn't have as many prep All-Americans. You're right. He does not. But his his talent level is more middling by ACC standards, and it is way down from UNC standards. And to be blind to that is kind of ridiculous. Oh, Roy should win no matter what? Well, no. When he has six future NBA players, he usually wins at a really high level, sometimes with a national championship. When he has one healthy future NBA player, 
his team's not going to be nearly as good as when he has six future NBA players. And in some years, he's had more than that. Uh, Christian Keeling and Justin Pierce have been disappointing transfers, to say the least. Could that change? Maybe. But they're running out of time for any of these things to change in Chapel Hill. 1-800-849-2761. Let's go to David and Dunn. You're next on the David Glenn Show. Hey, David, what's going on? Hey, David, how you doing today? Great, man. What's on your mind? Hey, there's something that nobody's talking about on any of the sports stations, and even Roy himself is not not talking about it. He said in his press conference that basically this is the worst class he's had. Well, okay, but he's the one that recruited him. Correct. I mean, it has to fall on his shoulder somewhere. Oh, of course. I mean, he called it, his phrase was, my least gifted team in 17 years in Chapel Hill. I think almost all of us agree with that as an honest assessment. Even Jeff Capel of Pitt said Roy Williams wasn't lying when he said that. So the talent level is down. Of course, Roy Williams is ultimately responsible for that. Um, But when you peel the onion a little bit, and I gave you some of the reasons, you know, they didn't know at the beginning that Kobe White was going to be a one-and-done player. By the end of his freshman year, it was clear that he was going to leave the Tar Heels and jump to the NBA, and he became a lottery pick. But not all of these things are foreseeable crystal ball style. You know, Nasir Little ended up being a one-and-done guy as well. What if Kobe White, by the original plan, had stayed for his sophomore season? Then you'd have a healthy Cole Anthony at the one and a healthy Kobe White at the two. Guess what? The Tar Heels would be up there behind Duke with Louisville and Florida State in this league. One player. One player. That's how this stuff matters. What if Nasir Little said, I need one more year at the college level to evolve a little bit? Now, he was one and done instead, but what if he had stayed? One player can mean that much. So, yes, Roy Williams is always responsible for the team he recruits. He ended up shorthanded and needing to sign those transfers who didn't pan out for a variety of reasons. And he's talked about some of them publicly. But when you've gone from 30 straight years at Kansas and UNC of having a lot of prep All-Americans on your roster, and now you only have one healthy one, or a lot of future NBA players on your roster to only one healthy one, you're not going to play as well. And of course, he is ultimately responsible for that. Uh, But there's a lot of reasons for why it worked out that way, including the black cloud of the AFAM scandal. Folks, Roy Williams has a pretty good batting average going after top high school prospects. And when opposing coaches were telling prospects, don't go to Carolina, they're going to get hit with the death penalty. And people like me and Jay Billis were telling you uh, those coaches are lying. The Tar Heels might not get any NCAA sanctions at all. It still impacted Roy Williams recruiting in a way that he has addressed publicly. Now, you, it's up to you if you call that an explanation or an excuse. Nobody feels bad for Roy Williams. Nobody outside the Carolina fan base, if anybody, right? He usually has more talent than everybody else. He doesn't this year. And some who don't like Carolina or don't like Roy Williams are saying, welcome to how the other half lives. You know, this is what we have to do at school A or B or C every single year. We don't have nearly as much talent as the top teams in our league. So uh, you can look at that part of it from whatever angle you like. I do think, as we've discussed on this show throughout the summer and beyond, anybody who didn't expect a significant step back by UVA and UNC, the two teams that lost the most without another parade of prep All-Americans on the inbound, the way Duke has rebuilded or reloaded, 
anybody who didn't expect the Cavaliers and the Tar Heels to take significant steps back this year were not listening to us and many others for the last eight months. And it's is it a bigger step back than most anticipated? Yes, partly because of the Cole Anthony injury, partly because the transfers haven't worked out, partly because the backcourt is playing so poorly even without Cole Anthony. A lot goes into that. But uh, this is a surprise only as a matter of degree of the surprise. Back after this on the David Glenn Show. I believe it is the NBA's turn in the line dance. And I don't think they can dance. I don't think they can dance as well as DG dances. And I'm only a three or a four. The David Glenn Show, weekdays at noon. NCN Sports, I'm Josh and Zach. Last night, a busy night for college hoops across North Carolina, especially the ACC. Pittsburgh ended a 22-game losing streak in conference road games as they beat Carolina in Chapel Hill 73-65. The loss drops the heels to 8-7 and seven overall and 1-3 and in conference play. And last night's defeat comes just days after Roy Williams said this year's team is the least gifted he's ever had. He was asked about making the comment. Roy was a bit, to use his own words, stunned that the national media latched onto that quote and ran with it like wildfire. That was telling the truth. We've had teams in the past that I've said before that were really more gifted. So I stand by that. I'm stunned by how it gets so much attention. But you know what? Frankly, my dear, I don't read that BS. And We've lost a lot of games. We've won a couple too, but that's the most, to me, to me, to Roy Williams. That's the most ridiculous thing to get have any attention. You know, that's like me wearing lucky socks or something. Good God almighty. Number two, Duke extended its decade-long domination of Georgia Tech. Trey Jones hit two baskets down the stretch, and the Blue Devils held off the Yellow Jackets 73-64. Markel Johnson scored 27, and D.J. Funderburk added 16 for NC State as the Wolfpack rallied from 12 down in the second half to edge Notre Dame 73-68. Number 10, Florida State pulled away to beat Wake Forest 78-68. Brandon, Brandon Childress had 20 points to lead the Deeks, who were without Shawnee Brown. Matt Rule was officially introduced as the new head coach of the Panthers yesterday afternoon. He arrived from Baylor. He arrives in Charlotte from Baylor, where he led the Bears to a Sugar Bowl this season. He says he can't wait to get started in Charlotte. I'm so excited to be a part of this team. I'm, I'm walking in, I just saw Steve Smith, and I'm sitting there saying to myself, my goodness, the people that have come before me, the greatness I met Julius Peppers earlier, like Julius Peppers. One of Rule's first major decisions will be at quarterback. He said he's already spoken to Cam Newton, but he's not ready to discuss personnel matters. This is NCN Sports. Excuse me. I know you have a 9 o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me. Get granular. Keep me in the pipeline. But nada. Nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Listen and imagine. 
It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Hey, Kevin, thinking about saving for retirement? Yeah, but how do I start? It's easy with Avvo, a retirement coach. Let's learn the Avvo bet. A is for taking action. Not anxiety? No, Kevin, you're going to be fine. You sick? Barely. V is for variety. Huh, change up my strategy. Okay. O's for optimize your savings. Let Avvo lead the way. Visit aceyourretirement.org today. today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing. Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. It's a great time to be a Kaniac, isn't it? Justin Williams is back with the Canes. The Winter Classic may be coming to Raleigh, an outdoor game at Carter-Finley. And the Canes are in playoff position again. One of the two guys who has helped change this culture is the owner, Tom Dundon. Saw him on Tuesday before the Canes beat the Flyers. He joins us on the other side. Mark Rick later on college football. Canes owner Tom Dundon next. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four ties, (laughs) not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. NCN News. I'm Bruce Farrell. Two U.S. officials say it was highly likely that an Iranian anti-aircraft missile downed a Ukrainian jetliner late on Tuesday, killing all 176 on board. President Trump is suggesting he believes Iran was responsible. He's dismissing Iranian claims that it was a mechanical issue that brought down the plane and is denying any U.S. responsibility. The officials, citing U.S. intelligence, spoke on the condition of anonymity. The Trump administration also firing back at lawmakers angry about the U.S. airstrike that killed Iran's top general. More from Rita Foley. The lawmakers say even after classified briefings, the administration has not provided enough evidence that General Qasem Soleimani was an imminent threat to U.S. personnel in the region. But Vice President Pence says they can't release all the intelligence. It could compromise those sources and methods. But we were gathering intelligence in in real time. And President Trump made the right decision to take Qasem Soleimani off the battlefield. America is safer. The world is safer. He was on the Today Show. 
Rita Foley, Washington. There was a rise in homicides, aggravated assaults, and gun seizures in Winston-Salem last year, police said. At a monthly public safety meeting, the department releasing new data showing the rise in crime incidents from 2017 to 2019. Winston-Salem Police Captain Stephen Tolley spoke to WXII. We've had several instances where they were very young this year, and that's disturbing. So um, we hope to reach those individuals before their lifestyle and their association with gangs particularly leads to that type of crime happening. Police in the western part of North Carolina continue their search for a man who impersonated a law enforcement officer, Haywood County Sheriff's Office, investigating an incident that happened last month. Authorities have conducted interviews and are reviewing hours of surveillance footage as that investigation continues in Haywood County. You're listening to NCN News.